Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to another Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Vlad Harris, your host, brought to you by Armchair Media. Take a seat. Happy Tuesday to you guys. And hopefully you guys are chilling out with the whole COVID thing. Maybe you're working from home, making your coffee, doing your video conference, Ordering curbside, maybe you're doing that with your, you know, your significant other, your special someone, kicking back with Netflix, working, and for the rest of you, you know, you're trying to keep your sanity or and whatnot. Yeah, I was going off the top of my head with that one. I was trying to select one of those light FM radio hosts type thing. A lot's happened. I haven't podcasted in a while because I just, I don't know, not much really to talk about, not much going on. And I mean, unless you want to talk about the Jordan, you know, documentary. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about that. And I think I'll eventually get around to watching it. I just, um, the thing is, is when, you, when you're on Twitter, everyone talks about it, so there's no point of even watching it. It's like with every television show. Or movie. If you want to know what it's about, just go on Twitter because they'll, they'll tell you, and then you're like, okay, I'll have to watch it then. It's like that's like with Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad, all those shows that people love. That I thought about watching. I'm like, okay, well, Twitter just told me pretty much what they're all about, so I don't really have to even bother with it. Anyways, happy belated day to all the mothers. If any mothers listen to this podcast. And if not, you know, happy Mother's Day to you guys, wives, moms, girlfriends, whatever. I mean, I just think that, um, you know, I saw the thing on the news about the Olive Garden going haywire in North Hills, or Cranberry, I should say, which kind of makes me wonder about Pittsburgh's seafood game. I mean, is... How has their seafood game been? I mean, that's a, that's a question. I mean, because if Olive Garden is that packed, that's kind of like a warning sign. Or unless maybe there's not good seafood places out in Cranberry. Because you know, where I'm at down here, there's seafood everywhere. And it's like a big thing. It's not so much the crawfish. It's like the uh, people down here love the, love the snow crabs and the crab legs. And, you know, a lot of places they'll cook them in the, you know, in the Cajun spices with the corn and potatoes and sausage. They'll cook them that way usually, just like they, just like they do the crawfish. And, um, you know, you get the butter and they have these these special packs, as they call them, where it's a mixture of like butter, garlic. They call them loud packs. I mean, they they do that down here. I mean, it's, it's a big thing. They, people love their, their, their crab legs down here. 
and the special seasonings that go with it. So I'm not sure what Pittsburgh seafood game is like. You know, it's I've been I've been away for ten years, and I really don't eat seafood. But Don Harris talked about so much. But you know, there may not be some good seafood shacks. Maybe, maybe probably not in Cranberry. I guess it's all all the corporate stuff. I guess if you want like the mom and pop type of stuff that's good, you gotta go further into the city. That's probably what I'm thinking. But yeah, I mean, Olive Garden and Red Lobster being that crazy. That's nuts. Well, Olive Garden is always, you know, always packed. I mean, it's always going to do business. I mean, people love Olive Garden. I mean, I like Olive Garden. You know, for me, I, I love the salad and the breadsticks. I mean, the pasta's all right. I mean, it's... I mean, if you're a pasta snob or an Italian food snob, you're going to not like, really like Olive Garden too much. But, you know, people like it. It's, it's adequate. I mean, I sent my daughter's teacher a $25 gift card to Olive Garden for Teacher Appreciation Week because I know everybody and their mother loves Olive Garden. And she was happy with it. She's like, I'm going to get Olive Garden this weekend. Great. Now, as far as, you know, Mother's Day here, I mean, you know, most, I don't, I don't think I've ever been out to, for, for Mother's Day dinner in probably over a decade. I mean, it's just too crazy. I mean, the Houston Zoo is always packed, but, not, but, the, but if you ever want to take your, you know, if, you're, if, there's, if there's any day you want to go to the zoo where it's not packed, you go, to, you go on Mother's Day because no one's ever going to be there. Everybody's either out to eat or cooking out, whatever. We also missed, uh, let's see, what, was, what else happened last week that I didn't podcast about? Uh, there was Cinco de Mayo, which happened. and Cinco de Mayo happened on Taco Tuesday. And... Well, nobody could go out. I haven't really went out on Cinco de Mayo in years. I think the last time I ever went out to... The last time I think I ever went out on Cinco de Mayo had to be like freaking almost 20 years ago. I mean, it was... Went down to the strip to Banana Joe's when it was, you know, back when the strip was, was popping. And... Yeah, we went there, and I think we got our Coronas with limes. I never really, I mean, I just was just turned 21. I never understood the Corona with lime thing, and people said, oh, yeah, just put it in your drink. It's great. I'm like, okay. So, but I just remember, what was, what happened at Banana Joe's? Was, some girl was dancing on our table, and I offered her a dollar because she was dancing on our table, and the boyfriend, I guess, wasn't too crazy about that. And I think the boyfriend got into a fight, I think, I think about 30 minutes later with somebody else, which is pretty much typical for a club on the Strip. And, but, I mean, I, I ran an article out of total boredom about the Strip, about how the club scene was so big then. I mean, that was, I mean, the Strip was pretty happy. I mean, you had, you know, Whiskey Dicks, Banana Joes, um, Bar Pittsburgh, Donzies, you had Tequila Willies. I'm sure there's a bunch of other places I'm, I'm gonna miss. The Millennium, I think. 
but the thing is, I was never really a club guy. I mean, it's mainly because I wore hoodies, and they were always banned. So I, I had no desire to go to a freaking club because of that. They always banned the fucking hoodies. I'm sure I could have took it off, but still, I mean, yeah, no. I rather just go to the. I rather went to the south side because I can walk into a bar with a hoodie on and I can have my my shot and beer. I mean, I I didn't dance. But as far as you know, Cinco de Mayo and all that goes. I mean, there was a debate on Twitter. Of, I guess on I guess the talk goes you, you you do. I mean, personally, me, I like a corn tortilla, soft corn. People tend to hate on the corn tortilla, but the thing is with the corn tortilla, you gotta cook it first. I mean, you gotta some you know use you know oil. They um, they put a little oil in the pan and they put the tortilla and they fry it. I do. I mean, I can do that. A lot of times, what I do is I just want to get like a um, like a little um, you know, a little char on it. I just you know what I do first is I I dip more I dip my tortillas in water and just throw them on the skillet. Of course, I grease the skillet first. You throw them on one. Of, you throw them on one of those, and you make sure the the corn tortilla's got it's got its burnt marks on it, and you're good to go. I mean, you gotta. You're gonna, have a, you're gonna have a really good ass taco with that. I mean, you I mean you gotta do it with this, with tortillas, even 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 the flour tortillas. You gotta do that. I mean, throw those things on the freaking skillet for a few minutes, and voila, you're gonna have a really kick ass taco. I know down here, well, I started you know started I was pretty into the taco trucks and the taco shops. I mean, because. They didn't really have this stuff up in Pittsburgh, and you know, you know, you get your um, your, your fajita taco with your beef, your beef, and they'll give you they'll they top with cilantro and onion, which was I was like, where's the lesson tomato at? And they're like, oh, that's extra. They're like, trust me, you won't, you're not gonna need the freaking lesson tomato with the cilantro and onions pot on it. And they give you like the two, they give you like the little packs of red and green sauce. Sometimes they're in a baggie tied up and you have to prick the bag open to put the sauce on it and they give you the limes too and and the limes are the best part because they bring the they bring the meat they, they bring the food to life you know my area I was at least happy to get at least a, a decent taco shop like that I mean you know, for me I love a good street taco so yeah for me corn tortilla Fajita beef, and of course the cilantro onion on top of it. That's for me. That's what I, what I go with. I mean, the kids, they love the you know they love the you know the, the ground beef and cheese and lettuce. You know, but just a regular you know drive through taco. I guess you can call it the Taco Bell taco. I don't know, but I mean, I like you know I like Taco Bell sauce too. I mean. If you're gonna make if you're gonna make like a regular taco like that, I mean you gotta got you, you gotta have some sort of sauce with it. I like the fire sauce. I mean you gotta have some heat. Now I joined a coffee club, and basically what they do is they send you bags of coffee from every two oh for me it's every two weeks. 
and they do it. They basically take, you know, they, they partner with, I guess, I guess what you can call coffee shops. They're mama, kind, of, kind of like mom and pop. And, um, you know, you, you play, they place your order. The coffee place um, roasts your coffee, and they grind it to, to what you want to do. So I have a, you know, I have a French press, so they grind the coffee to a French press. And, you know, I'm just learning about how the grinds are different. For a French press, they make the, the grinds are more coarse. They're not fine, finely grounded. And I'm just learning, I've been doing French press wrong for the longest time. Because when you use fine grounds, you have a hard time pressing down on the uh, French press. But the last two, my my first coffee was from a coffee shop out in California called Augie's. Was really good coffee. Now I got a breakfast blend from Red Rooster Coffee in Florida, Virginia. And it's organic. It's the breakfast blend, and it's a um, whole bunch of aromas, I guess you could say. They always tell you what kind of notes are in their coffee, whether whether it's vanilla, chocolate, what, you know. I can never tell. I can never taste the difference, which is probably a good thing because I don't. I wouldn't want this type of stuff overpowering my coffee. But I mean, I like it because I don't have to use creamer on these. I mean, a good coffee doesn't need creamer. And on top of that, I got to drink it slow. So I mean, one thing I've been doing and. In quarantine is basically doing stuff like this, and I mean, I Kindle Amazon has a two month free trial. I got the Kindle trial membership, you know, free trial, and just been reading books. You know, just doing different things, catching up on some stuff. You know, I could do some like technology or stuff related to my career, but. I don't know. I think when you're at home, it's just time to take a break from that. You got you got to take a break from that stuff and just you know just sit back. And I see that the Governor Wolf is um, rolling back. I guess you know they're starting to open up PA, parts of Pittsburgh, which is good. Uh, here in Texas, I mean. Once the uh, governor announced they were reopening everything, you know, just slowly, there were just there's just been more cars on the road, more stuff packed, and not a lot of restaurants are, oper- are operating twenty five percent capacity. But that's and not every policeman is going to be able to enforce, you know, the rules. You know, that, that's just you know that's just how it is, and. You know, just you know, just use your best judgment. That's all I can say. These type of things, and you know, I'm sure I'll be back at the office eventually here pretty soon, and that's going to come up. And I think projects and stuff are going to restart. I mean, I'm seeing the major baseballs making their plan to restart their their leagues, and so are the other 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 you know other groups. And I think it's because you know infections have been down, and people think that the worst is behind us, and 
you, you hope it is. That's all I can say about that is you hope that the worst is behind and no more infections happen. And that could be a possibility. And, and now with the with summer coming, with the hot weather, maybe it's, you know, this is going to die off. But let's hope that that's the case. I know some people are saying, well, we may be in more trouble. Let's not hope for more trouble. Let's hope that it's gone and it's behind us. And if the worst does happen, then, you know, well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes, you know, you know, as far as, as all, as, I mean, our country as a whole, I mean, I don't know how we operate. I mean, it's hard to say. Sometimes we learn by screwing up a lot, I guess you can say. But anyways, let's get to some pit stuff. Um, as you, you know, Pitt was supposed to have their uh, pit football was supposed to have their annual golf outing, and they didn't have it. So they put a video out about a video of all the pit players and coaches hitting golf balls, which was kind of cool. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Recruiting, I guess the shutdown has been lifted, so Lance White was pretty excited about that. They showed him dancing in some sort of gif type of thing. I don't know. But uh, despite the shutdowns and everything, Pitt landed some recruits last time we talked. Let's see, who do we got? The first one on my list is Nate Yarnell. A quarterback from Lake Travis in Austin, Texas. 6'6", 200. Two offers that I saw that stuck out to me were, well, actually, there was the, he's, he got offered by Utah. Houston offered him. And so if Dana seems to like this kid, then that's good enough for me. For Pitt to go into Austin, Texas, in Longhorn country, and land a recruit... That's pretty big. I mean, if you're seeing the pl- the players pit, pit, pits landing, I mean, they're getting kids from everywhere now. I mean, they they've been they've been kicking ass in Georgia, and they just landed two in two in Michigan, which we'll talk about as well. But I have a buddy who coaches in Austin, Texas. He coaches football. He knows Nate Yarnell, loves the kid. One comparison I see him draw. To be compared to is Tony Pike, the quarterback for Cincinnati Bearcats, who took Cincinnati to two back-to-back Big East titles. We all know Tony Pike very well. So I, when I heard that comparison, I was kind of mad because, well, for obvious reasons. But I like it. I mean, 6'6", six, six, big, big-arm QB. And I saw his um, film. Sorry about that. That was my Apple Watch hitting the table. He looks pretty um, pretty mobile. Kind of reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger in a way. Now, next kid on the list that they landed. Actually, they just landed him on Sunday. Brandon Honorable. He's offensive tackle from Detroit, Michigan. And he had plenty of offers. I mean, 
a lot of Big Ten offers. Yeah, lots of Big Ten offers in Purdue, Maryland, Minnesota. Even the SEC hit an offer from Tennessee as well. So I can dig that. And then the other kid they landed, actually, we got three more kids on this list that I got to go over. On April 30th, they landed Marco Fuguar. He's a commit from Florida. And he is another, he's offensive guard. So Pitts, you know, they're landing some, um, you know, they're getting their, um, their offensive lineman in shape. I mean, I guess the only I guess two offers that stand out for me are Colorado State and Maryland that he had. And then there's Preston Levant, outside linebacker from Georgia. I believe. Let me go back. Yep. Offensive lineman from Georgia. Plenty of ACC, Big Ten offers, Big 12 offers. I mean, the guy... That's what's great about these. That's what's crazy about these guys' pair landing is they're they got all these offers from like really good schools. And the last cl- last player list, Terrence Enos, offensive tackle from Detroit, and he's got a bunch of sexy offers: Kentucky, LSU, Maryland, Missouri, Purdue. Nah, Rutgers isn't a sexy offer. Nope. Nope, not sexy. Vanderbilt, West Virginia, Michigan State. And the list goes on. So, Pitt's class right now is 21st or 22nd in the nation. 5th in the ACC. That's crazy. 21st in the nation, but 5th in the ACC. Which leads me to believe that better things are ahead for the ACC in terms of football. This past year, they didn't have a good year this past year as a conference. Because we all know how people jerk off over conference records and bowl games and whatnot. And of course, same do on the draft this year. They didn't have a good that good draft class. They usually do. They usually are with you know, they're usually second place to the SEC in draft, you know, draft classes, but this year they weren't. The Big Ten was second to the, to the SEC, and so of course people jacked off over the Big Ten like they always do. But uh, recruiting's picking up. I mean, this is big for Dave Borbley as well because he's kind of you know under the microscope. We just see big things from him. Now, I did pose a question about what people were hoping to see with the spring game, and I can't seem to find the replies as to what, because it's been so freaking long as to what I, you know. But a lot of people were, you know, were curious about the running game for the spring game, and of course, linebacker death. I'm sure there's a lot of questions we'd like to have answered, but yeah. We'll wait till uh, we'll wait till uh, practice comes in August, I believe. But you know, it's it's great to be a Panther. I mean, things are starting to shape up, and at least as recruiting goes, I mean, there's good things ahead. But uh, 
in terms of the conference, Louisville, I guess, has been hit with the, I guess, with a letter from the NCAA, which who knows what happens there. And of course, Duke. Duke's not so much under investigation, but I guess, um, I guess Zion Williams. I guess received a lot of love. I guess benefits you can say for at Duke. And some people were, you know, I saw they were concerned that it was going to be on Pitt's doorstep. But doing some more reading, it looks like this is more between agents, Zion's group, and shoe companies. What happened is, is the um, after Zion was drafted, he had a um, he signed with an agent company and. He ended up firing him not too long after that and went with somebody else, but he was still under contract with them. And a lot of people were bringing this uh, Gina Ward to be the bad person out of this. And when I did some reading, it looks like, it looks like what happened here was Zion actually sued her and her company that she works for. And this lawsuit that she brought on Zion and Duke and whatnot is a countersue. And basically, he had he had five years left on his deal with when he signed with her, and basically he unlawfully breached his contract. He fired her with no cause, like he had no reason to fire her because she was getting him deals. I think what happened here was probably he signed with this person, and probably whoever was representing him, whether it was the shoe companies or whatnot, they probably told him to fire this person and go with this person. That's probably what happened. But basically, at the end of the day, money is money. Time is money. So she wants her money. That's all it is. So the only thing I can say is, I mean, we'll see what happens. But as far as from a Pitt fan perspective, I don't think you have to worry about it going on the doorstep of our basketball program or Jeff Cable. This is more of a Zion, Duke, shoe company, agent type thing. This is, all, this is just about money. That's all it is. It's a, it's a fight over money. So, it doesn't matter. I mean, the NCAA is not going to do shit anyway. Anyways, guys, I'll go back to work. Hell to pit.